Hi guys, um, and welcome to the latest edition of Radio. Um, we haven't recorded in a while. Um, I know we promised every two weeks, but um, you know we're, we're all entrepreneurs in this organization, and um, sometimes life gets in the way. So welcome to the latest edition of Radio, which is a podcast for entrepreneurs, by entrepreneurs, um, done by the South African chapters of the Entrepreneurs Organization. Uh, my name's Ross Drakes, and today I am sitting with Grant Gavin, who is a property entrepreneur, speaker, a coach, amongst other things, you founded the Durban Entrepreneurs Club, and you're currently the marketing um, and communications chair for the Durban chapter. Um, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Ross. That list is getting longer and longer. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, you know, if you want to talk about the list, uh, I think you are on the cover of Entrepreneur Magazine this month um, for having a, a tiny turnover figure. I don't know if you want to... Well, I don't know if I can call it a cover. It was just like my name was there. And uh, it was quite interesting when the article came out. I genuinely expected that article to be shoved at the back of the magazine in the tips and advice section. So when one of my friend's fathers actually got a copy of this magazine, he sent us a, a picture of it. I couldn't believe it. I was blown away. So I'll claim it as my cover, even though I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't on the picture. <laughs> so, so, I mean, just for the sake of the listeners, can you, can you give us uh, like a, just a quick little intro about your, yourself and your business and, yeah, and your sure. kind of journey? It was probably about 12 years ago where my old man called me up. Uh, he said he was getting out of the sort of family-grown property business. We've got two Remax franchises in Durban, North and La Lucia. And he said, boy, I'm getting out. I'm going to go and start my own coaching business. Uh, he said, you can buy in. Or I'm going to offer it to your sister. So I quickly jumped at the opportunity. Um, I'd seen enough of the business. I knew that I wanted to be in a, a, a position where I was running my own business. And I literally jumped in with two feet and I've been doing that for 12 years. I don't sell property. So the business that, that we run, we actually, our business is real estate agents. So it's, it's co recruiting them, coaching them, training them, keeping them productive. So what's naturally happened over the years is I've grown an affinity towards public speaking and now business coaching. So I'm basically taking what I've been doing within the Remax organization and now I'm starting to do it externally. And that's kind of a new path that I'm getting on. Um, and then, you know, also I'm passionate about entrepreneurs and founding this Durban Entrepreneurs Club two years ago has been really awesome, uh, just in terms of building connections and then providing a platform for myself as well with my speaking and coaching. All right. And I mean, just, just for a little bit of bragging, can you, can you tell us what the figure is that they listed you oh. over to be? Uh, yeah, that was the peak. Uh, so that was, uh, we did 1.2 billion in property sales revenue. Um, that was actually at the end of 2014. Okay. Um, but since then, we've managed to keep our turnover figure over a billion rand a year, uh, which has been phenomenal. And I'm petrified that it drops below that because then I can't brag about <laughs> it anymore. But um, no, we, we're very fortunate. We, we've got a great team of agents. We've got 60 odd top real estate professionals. I'm very fortunate the Remax brand does attract that because of our unique commission sharing model where agents can actually get into real estate and run their own business. Um, and we, of course, we're in an incredible area. We're in Durban, North La Lucia and Amschlonga, which is the hub of growth in, in KZN. So, I mean, if you were in those areas in Cape Town, you'd probably be sitting here with like a two trillion <laughs> yeah, rand yeah. business. <laughs> no, it's funny though, like Cape Town's gone up and down over the years. It's, it's really pumping at the moment. And within the Remax organization, our, Cape, our big Cape Town offices are really dominating now. But it hasn't always been like that. Um, so, you know, any market fluctuates and it has its peak times and it's, you know, times where it comes off a little bit. And... The market is just the market. But I think where we're situated, we've had consistent 
growth because Tongard Hewlett had been consistently selling off this land around Amschlong and now they're selling off land around Sabaya and Amschloti and this, this market actually gets bigger every single year and it's great being well located there for that. Now you know, I mean, I, I've had a couple of conversations you, with you not around this podcast and it seems like training people or developing people in your company is one of your core strengths. Can you just talk a little bit about how you how you approach kind of inspiring your people, teaching your people, getting them to do all the work for you um, so that sure. you can run around and be a keynote speaker and, and <laughs> do other things? It, I'm very much in a transitionary stage now and I'll speak to you about that. But it's quite ironic because when I first started, I mean, I said earlier that my old man called me up and said, hey, would you like to buy into half the business? It was a no-brainer for me. And only then did the fear set in that I wasn't going to be good enough to go and lead a team of real estate agents when I'd never sold a property in my life. And my own self-belief and self-doubt was massive at that stage. Um, I remember my biggest fear was that I would take over this business from my parents and it would go south. And it, it was sort of, I was obsessed by it. And I was really, really worried about how these agents would react to me, this young 28-year-old coming in, you never sold a property before. And I suddenly realized that uh, you know, if I'm not gonna be able to change anything, I'm gonna have to change myself. So it was, it was my personal journey of, of getting coaching, investing in personal development, focusing on my own growth that got me to realize that you know, if, if there's other people out there watching my growth, it could also inspire them to go and invest in themselves as well. And I, and I kind of used my journey in coming from this really insecure young guy to growing up to a point where I was awarded the Remax Franchisee of the Year, which was kind of the pinnacle for me. That's amazing. Uh, and probably the only time, the first time where I truly, really believed that I was worthy of that award. So how long did it take you to get to, to the... I got that award in 2014. So it, it took me a good... I got it in 2000, uh, 2006. So how's my maths here? Was it six and is that eight years? Eight years? Yeah. It took See, me eight you're years. living in delusion like, yeah. for, for eight yeah. years, not acknowledging you. I remember thinking like, wow, I can't believe things just keep going well for me, you know? And... It's only now when I look back that I was doing the right things. I just didn't genuinely ever believe that I was the one driving this. Isn't it an amazing, you know, kind of entrepreneurship for me is this combination of like delusional self-belief. Like yeah. you believe you can do it, but at the same time, it's backed by this infinite, like nothing is ever good enough. So yeah. even though you're achieving and moving forward and, you know, breaking new ground and teaching people and growing your company, you still somehow feel deficient, which is like almost part of yeah. that kind of driving cycle. And the more I talk and the more I interact with other entrepreneurs and, and even with an EO, the more I see people who are way more successful than me who also have that self-doubt. Yeah. Where they almost believe they've been lucky all their life. But it's, it's not possible. Um, and, and like, so I used to go year after year after year. I couldn't believe how this business just kept growing bigger and bigger every year. And you kind of a, a sort of assign it to other factors other than you. But at the end of the day, I mean, if I was really bad, I, I would have definitely run that business into the ground. And so it, it literally took eight years. And I, I never forget the day I got that award. A, I wasn't expecting it. So when they announced it, you know, you're the franchisee of the year, it was quite an emotional moment. And I, I remember I got quite almost teary at the, the award ceremony because for me, it was the first time I actually sat back and I was like, wow, somebody's recognized what I've done and it's, it's me. And from 2014, that's when the belief like really kicked in. And that's when all these other things started happening and I started venturing off into different avenues. But it all starts with believing in yourself. 
And I mean, we've just had an outstanding presentation today from Manus Brudrake, and, and he was speaking about the same thing. You know, our success comes down to A, who we are and how much we prepare to invest in ourselves and believe in ourselves. Yeah. So that's been, been my journey. It really has. I mean, I love, we're actually sitting here at um, the, what's this place called? The Zimbali. Fairmont Zimbali. Um, at our Ignite conference, which is a regional event that happens between the Joburg, Durban and Cape Town chapters in South Africa. And it's amazing these, when they're these like hidden threads that run through everything. And it seems like this year, one of those threads is that thing that no matter what's happening to you, you can choose to see it as, as an opportunity or you can choose to see it as a threat. And yeah. the success that comes off the back of that is wholly dependent on how you as the leader of your yeah. business choose to perceive those, Absolutely. those things. And there's certain things that we can control and there's certain things that we can't. So our first speaker this morning talking about where this country is going in the next five years. And I'm a big believer of the fact that I can't control what Jacob Zuma does. The only thing I can do is vote. That's my power. I can vote. If I choose to vote, then I've done what I can. I can also do other things to influence things in my community. I can support charities. I can support other people and, and help build other people. But there's so many things in the environment that you can't control. And that's also something I've picked up today is that top entrepreneurs just focus on those factors that they can control. And it's the way you see the world. You can be successful in a bad market or you can fail in a bad market. Yeah, I mean, we had that amazing um, chat with uh, Sasha Matulovich, Kevin Lawrence, yeah. and um, I forget his name, uh, Colin, Colin Huber, yes, Colin. about investing and investment strategies and changing perceptions around investments. And it's exactly that, that if you are in a, a market and you're getting cash dividends out and the market dips, it's actually a positive thing because it means yeah. you can buy more into that market at 15, 20, 30% less than what you could have the day before. And I think it's that same kind of thread coming Absolutely. Through. And just one more thing. We haven't listened to him yet, but our closing speaker tomorrow is a guy by the name of Sishlesh Labalala. He lived a life of crime. At the age of 20-odd, he was the head of the 26ers gang in Cape Town. He gets caught. He gets put into prison for 11 years. He spends 11 years reading. And he's come out a reformed man. He reforms other prisoners now. And he has social entrepreneurship programs and companies. He's building communities. And he's one of the most inspirational guys you'll ever listen to. And he had a choice when he was in prison. You know, he could have accepted his current situation in life and gone the other way. But he made a choice to become a better human being and to invest in himself and grow. And he's come out now and people are literally lapping him up and asking him to speak all over the world. He's just been to Brazil as well. So, yeah, we get so many examples of this through, through EO, um, and it's, it's awesome to be a part of it, actually. And now tell me, you, you, you mentioned earlier that you were kind of at a bit of a crossroads. Like, what is that? Tell us a little bit about yeah, what so, that looks like. So here's the challenge. So you have a business, and I'm referring to Remax now, which I've, I've been growing for, for 11, 12 years now. It's my goose. It's the, the goose that laid the golden egg. This is my golden egg. Um, it's what gives me my stability financially. It's a, it's a good op, uh, operating system of a company where it just, it just goes year after year after year. And now suddenly you develop a passion in a slightly different avenue. So you start chasing after that passion. Um, and I made a decision, I want to start speaking. So I started speaking and speaking is turning into coaching. And about three months ago, I found myself in a position where I wasn't giving enough time to Remax. And the massive fear there was that if I continued following my passion, I was going to neglect this company that has given me such a good life and is allowing me to do other things. And I, have, I came to the point where I was like, well, do I sell this business 
and move on? Or do I restructure it or find somebody to come in and assist me, which gives me back a little bit more time? And I was actually leaning towards the point of considering selling it because I felt that I was out of alignment in terms of where I wanted to go with my, what I would call my true purpose in life um, and following a passion. And we were actually away at our EO retreat and I was just listening to the guys talking and it was a light bulb moment for me. Like, why would the hell would you ever sell an asset that's providing you with, with what this company is providing me? So I went through a process of identifying potential young up and coming people in the real estate market to come on board, learn underneath me and almost come in as like a junior CEO to start replacing some of the functions that I should be doing while I'm out speaking and also to just bring that new energy into the business. And uh, you talk about setting intentions, literally the first guy that I spoke to, he was my number one on the list. He turned around and he said, Grant, I can't believe you're offering me this. You know, I've been watching your growth for years yeah. and I would love to come and learn from you. So now, I'm in a position where I've been pushing off speaking engagements and I've literally been pushing off potential coaching students going, I don't have time and I can't give more time to that and take time away from Remax. Um, but just finding this one person to come in, helping me just restructure things slightly is going to give me the free time now to A, go, well, Remax is fine and it's going to take me a while to, to get him up to speed. But it's also going to allow me to continue with the passion. But Three months ago, I was going, wow, what do I do here? You know, which one do I give up? And you don't have to give up any of them. You just got to structure it in the, in the right way going forward. I think you've touched on, I mean, I think succession planning is one of the, yeah. the key things in, in any business that I think quite a few entrepreneurs miss the, the boat on. You know, you, you're so caught up in running the business and building yeah. the business and growing it and selling and capturing market share and training people that you forget that at some point you are going to become a bottleneck and you need to actually Absolutely. have those people in place. I mean, how did you, have you adjusted? Is it just bringing in this one guy or have you kind of changed the structure of the whole company to, to kind of suit this? We've started changing. Actually, funnily enough, I went on that 10X course down in Cape Town. And from that, and I think we were down there in April, we're now sitting in November. So it's been a process since attending that course, just refining our structure, strengthening the structure, adding in another layer of management underneath me, um, getting your finance and admin departments to start reporting into objectives and goals. So this process had started. Uh, what I didn't think would happen so quickly, I didn't think my speaking career would, would take off as much as it has. And I mean, it's, it's awesome to go and, and do a, a nationwide tour for a company and speak for them, but you, you're then out of your office for four days. Yes. And if your structure that you leave behind is reliant on you, then something's got to give. So bringing in this chap now, and he's literally just accepted today. He's just resigned from his office oh, wow. today. Yeah, it's all, it's all happening at the moment. Uh, it's really, really going to help me because he's going to come in and start doing some of those operational uh, transactional type jobs that I should be doing, which I'm not, I'm not getting to at the moment. And just having him there is going to free me up. That's amazing. Um, and I mean, what is, what is uh, in terms of like your, your passion, you're saying you're now pursuing your passion, like what is your, what do you believe your kind of passion and purpose is um, if it's not uh, selling off all yep. the land that the Hewlett's are slowly <laughs> no. uh, making available? Look, somebody once said to me, because I, I never used to believe that I knew what my passion was. And it was also probably about three years ago where somebody said to me, well, what did you want to do when you were 10 years old? And for me, that was an instant answer. I wanted to be a teacher. 
always wanted to be a teacher. I just loved the idea of being a teacher. But it was my dad who said to me, no, my boy, you can't, not in this country. If you want to provide for a family, you can be a teacher, but you're not going to earn the type of income that's going to be able to provide for your family the way you probably want to live your life. So he kind of pushed me away from teaching. And it was a good thing because I went off and followed my own course. But I've come back to teaching now. And what I love about speaking from stage and um, coaching people is that you're actually making an impact on other people's lives. And I've been doing it in our real estate business, but I want to do it on a bigger scale. And as soon as you start speaking at events, you find that people are drawn to you. They, as soon as you step off stage, they come to you and they want to ask you for their help or they want to ask you for help. Um, you know, how can you help me with this? How can you help me with that? And I really enjoy that. I enjoy that feeling of being able to help somebody else. And I guess I am teaching now, but I'm just teaching from a completely different platform. Yes. The trick, though, is you can't get sucked into giving all these people your time over a cup of coffee. So I've had to structure it in, in, in a sort of formal coaching program. Um, I don't mind mentoring the odd person, but sure, if anyone who speaks will tell you, you get so many requests just for your time. Half an hour of coffee, can you help me with this? And I've had to learn to say no. And it's, it's sure, it works against my grain because I want to help people. Yes. But I, I got to the point where was just too much so now i've actually structured the coaching program i'm going to be structuring it through the entrepreneurs club offering group coaching so i can say to people yeah i'm more than willing to help you but you've got to understand that my times also comes at a premium um, you can either take the one-on-one -on -one coaching or we can get into a group environment and you can do group coaching which is more affordable there is a, a massive need or a massive demand for coaching everybody who comes to me either has a great idea and doesn't know where to start or needs money. Now, I don't have money to give to everybody, but I can give them my advice. Um, but I just needed to find a, a platform that could help introduce people to the concept of coaching at an affordable rate, and that's what group coaching does. Uh, so in effect, I'm hopefully gonna be creating my own market, starting with the group coaching, where they can come in on an affordable basis, learn about the concepts of coaching, learn about things like accountability, learn about how to step outside and look at your business from a distance, how to remove yourself from your business, all the things that I've been through. And then at some point, they're going to they're gonna look up and they go, wow, this has been really impactful, but now I need to go deeper. And I need to start improving as an entrepreneur and a leader. And that's when the one-on-one -on -one coaching comes in. So as I said, it's just a, a journey. It's a process that's just evolving. And I'm just, now that I've found this person to help me at Remax, I can let this lead me wherever it's going to take me. And it's such an interesting, I mean, you know, sort of, you know, I joined the entrepreneurs organization to, to grow and yeah. to learn because I was kind of in my business and it can be quite lonely and you've got no one to like sound your ideas off, off of. So I joined for that and it's interesting to see how many entrepreneurs end up in a similar space to where you are. Like there's something about growing a business and, and letting it mature and reaching a certain point that it doesn't necessarily need you. How many people find their next calling and their next yeah. kind of iteration of themselves in coaching, teaching, learning, yes. you know, something in that kind of thing. Do you think there's, you know, something, something in that or um, is it oh, just... Oh, 100%. Um, in fact, you know, one of the things I talk about and it's, it's, it's not exclusive to me it's that whole the stages of growth or the sequence of success it's that survival to stability to success to significance in the four phases and you know what they say is if you at survival in order to get from survival to stability you've got to change your habits and to get from stability to success you change your thinking 
And a lot of people stop at success. But for you and I, success could be completely different because we see success differently. But for a lot of people, there's not enough money, fame, or recognition in the world that can keep them fulfilled. And that's why there's that fourth stage, which is called significance. And significance is where your focus is on leaving a legacy, giving back, helping others. And when you go from success to significance, it comes with a change of heart. Um, and I mean, that those four stages, you can either look at it as you as an individual, or you can look at it as, as your business. And I remember looking at our property businesses going, wow, we're successful. How do we then become significant? And for us, it was about giving back to the community, um, supporting our foundation, and, and helping charities in the area. And it's just another level of growth. And I think when we're exposed to what we're exposed to in EO, and we're developing ourselves as, as individuals as much as our business, it's almost a natural progression that you'll get to the point where you want to give back. Yes. Because you're so grateful for what you've achieved. And there's nothing else more than, you know, another million rand is not going to be massive, but if I can impact the lives of others, that's, that's that next phase in growth. And do you find, I mean, so you're saying you guys give back and you invest in charities. Do you find the people in your company enjoy that? Is it something that's, that you drive or is it kind of a company-wide sort of thing? So it's varied, okay? So I would say on the whole, it's something I drive. You must understand that real estate salespeople like any other salesperson is out there fighting to put food on their table as much as anyone. Um, you'll have those that will support it and those that don't. Why I do it is for the, is for the company. So real estate's quite a self-serving, look at me, we number one, we did 50 million in sales type of, of industry in terms of their marketing. But what I realized is that the public actually doesn't care. They don't care whether you're number one. The only person who cares who's number one is the person who's number one and their mom. Um, so in terms of the <laughs> advertising, no, but it's true, you'll see real estate people going, wow, I'm number one. Yeah. They're the only one who's really shouting about it. But where the, the community sits up and takes notice of your brand, is if they see you giving back. So what we do is every year we raise money for, it goes towards a school renovation makeover. So we'll go into a, a really, um, so it's typically a disadvantaged area and we will put money towards a makeover project. And we're literally just painting a, a couple of classrooms, maybe changing some cupboards, but the impact that you have on that school, the kids, their parents, and what they talk about is, is massive. Uh, and, and people care about that more than how many sales that you do. So actually significance uh, yeah. leads background to more success in yeah. the end. Absolutely. No, okay. Absolutely. Um, and I mean, so, so now you, you've started the Durban Entrepreneurs Club, you're now heavily involved in the entrepreneurs organization. Like what, what drove you to start this? What drives you to kind of partake in, in something like EO um, or, or, or the Entrepreneurs Club? Okay. I'll deal with EO first. So EO, I just love the, uh, the opportunity to learn and grow. I love the whole ethos of uh, entrepreneurs getting together. It's almost like group coaching, group mentoring in a sense, bouncing ideas off people who are probably way more successful than me, and certainly the way I see it. Uh, and I love that environment. The Entrepreneurs Club, the Durban Entrepreneurs Club was different. That was me and my business coach having a chat about how do I network with more people? And I had a look on Google and the only opportunities in Durban were B&R, which is good, it wasn't right for me, or there were women's business clubs. But there weren't any other entrepreneurs clubs, so the decision was, oh, let's just start a club and see what happens. And the thinking behind it was, it's not going to make money for you, but it's going to position you 
you know, if I stand up and speak to entrepreneurs now and they go, oh, here's Grant Gavin from Remax, or if they go, here's Grant Gavin who founded the Durban Entrepreneurs Club, it just is a bit more credibility towards my brand. So I have used it as a platform, but as it's evolved and it's become more and more successful, I found that there's definitely a need from entrepreneurs. Exactly what you said earlier, when you're a small business entrepreneur, and, and most of the guys and ladies who are members of our club are the self-employed type entrepreneur, uh, the mom and pop shop, if they take a holiday business, closes down. They need support as well. They also need to know that there's other people like them who face the same challenges. And there's definitely been a demand for this club. And it's kind of just spiraled. And what it's done for me is, A, it's positioned me, it's given me so many networking opportunities. Uh, every time there's a speaker, I'm the one who gets to network with the speaker. So it's also given me a brand. And as I said, it's, it's helped my brand as a speaker in terms of positioning me in that entrepreneurial space. So a lot of people say, oh, why are you doing it? You're not making money from it. But the benefit that has come from it uh, has been bigger than any monetary value that I can put to it. Okay. You seem like quite a... All of your decisions seem to be quite well thought out and, and quite tactical. <laughs> is that is that a deliberate thing or are you just um, at the end goal looking back and, and picking up the thread? I think I, I would put that down to, to coaching. You, you are correct. So if I, if I get into anything, I generally hire a coach. So if I got into public speaking, I hired a speaking coach. I've always had a coach for business somewhere in my life. And that is the value, exactly what you've said. That is the value of having a coach. You've got somebody else who's achieved before you, he's walked that path before you, and he can guide you in that direction, knowing how you can circumvent so many years of experience and get to the point that you want to get to straight away. And you know, I put a lot of faith in, in coaches, and sometimes I don't follow what they say. I, should have, I probably would have had that done a year earlier if I'd listened to him. Um, I put it off for a year, starting that club, and in hindsight, I mean, if I'd just done it earlier, it would have sped a lot of things up. But yeah, there is always strategy, but it's it's also comes down to the guidance that I get through my coaching. Yeah. So you take a coach for everything. I mean, how do you? Where I can. Okay. <laughs> yeah, where I can. So typically, up until now, it's only been for property, and now for speaking. Um, now I'll give you an example. I've got this Durban Entrepreneurs Club, and it's, it's got to go to the next level now. I can't just keep having events every month where you bring in a speaker. So I've got to bring in now this, these levels of coaching and adding more value to the members. So again, I'll go to my business coach and say, right, this is what I'm thinking. What do you think? And we'll discuss it. It's just somebody to sound your ideas off. Or I'll bring it to forum um, and I'll speak to the guys in EO. Uh, it's the same sort of thing. EO is more of like peer-to-peer type mentoring. You can't call it coaching because of gestalt. People yes. don't tell you what to do. But you're just getting experience shares from people in the room and it's, it's hugely beneficial. So, so I love this idea of coaching and it seems like you, I mean, how do you, how do you coach people in your organization? Because this is obviously where you started that whole sure. thing. How do, you, do you have a formalized process or is it kind of accidental as you're going along? Yeah, so, so coaching, the essence of coaching is just asking questions. So what held me back for so long, and again, this is the whole self-belief thing, was Believing that, well, if someone came to me for help, what if I can't help them? But the essence of coaching is that in asking the right questions, the answers lie with the person that you're coaching. So if you're having challenges with your business, I've just got to open up the questions to get you to realize what it is that you know you should be doing that you're not doing. So 
going back into the real estate company though, we know what salespeople should be do, doing to make sales. We, we know what their activities are, what prospecting they should be doing, how hard they should be working. And the sad truth is, is that they know that as well, but they don't do it. So what coaching brings to them is accountability. So typically what we'd do is we'd start with one of our agents who would say, what do you want to earn this year? Um, I'm very big into, I don't give them goals, they must give me goals. And then I help them achieve those goals. So they'll typically tell me what, what their expectations are for their year. And then I've got to help them to get to that. And we'll meet once a month. So there's accountability. So if we sit today and we say, right, so we've agreed in order to get your goal, you need to just do this, 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 and this, or maybe add this to that. If they come and sit with me next month and they haven't done it, it's not a scolding session, but it's a conversation that goes like, okay, so last time we met, we agreed, you agreed that in order to achieve your goal, you were going to commit to this, this, and this. So you haven't done that. What's holding you back? What? So now you go in deeper. So yeah, I said I'd make five calls a day. I've made one. So what's holding you back? You know, what's, what's stopping you from making the calls? And so it's, it's just that process of really coaching them to overcome comfort barriers, to extend themselves out of um, insecurities, just to find a way to get them to do what they know they should be doing anyway. And how do you, how do you distribute this across your, you said you had 60, 60 people? Do you yeah. coach all 60 people? So no, this is where we need a team. So yeah. I've got you know, multiple managers. Um, uh, my dad actually about six years ago, I re-employed him. He's probably one of the best coaches that I ever had. Um, and he did coach me in, uh, in my earlier years in, in Remax. So he comes in now between him, myself, and then we've just got this extra person. There's three of us doing the coaching. Uh, and what we like to do is to swap each other across. So whereas my dad is very much sales, he'll focus on activities and what they should be doing in terms of number of calls, um, sending mails to their database. I, I come with the approach, which is possibly a little bit more holistic, and I try and get the salespeople to approach their sales business as if they were an entrepreneur. So what are you doing for marketing? You know, marketing is a big part of your business. What are you doing on the admin side? You know, do you have someone to help you? Is admin holding you back? What about your finances? What are you doing for networking? So we look at all the different tick boxes that an entrepreneur should look at. So I, I like to sort of go down that route. So we both bring you know, different elements to the coaching. I love that idea of kind of mixing it up so that people are kind of getting a different, yeah. a slightly different perspective, um, which is I think something we take for granted in EO, like the, the access to brilliant people with completely different opinions to you is such a powerful yeah. thing because you, yeah. you know what you want to do is so when you bounce it off someone, they either validate what you want to do or they go completely in the opposite of it, which makes you validate even more, or yeah. it does that thing where it opens up something like some blind window that you just yeah. haven't seen, and you have that moment where you're like, wow, it was so simple. It was and, and it, the word simple is so true, because when you're sitting as the coach, you're elevated, you're above that person's business, and I, I say above, not arrogantly, I say you're outside of the zone that that entrepreneur or that salesperson is in every single day. So. It's quite often you can see things that they can't see because they're not focusing on it. Yeah, there's no emotional attachment to yeah. issues. It's I'll give you an example. I've got this good friend of mine and she is starting this platform online and positioning herself. She wants to become a coach. She's going to be an outstanding coach. And I said to the other day, I said, when you're writing articles on your platform, why don't you just start mentioning in your article, oh, when I coach people, this is what I see. Or I found that with the people I coach, 
blah, blah, blah. And all she's doing there is just by adding those couple of words into her blog post, she's telling people that she's a coach. And she's starting to seed plant with them, all her followers that are following her, that, hey, maybe I should contact this person for coaching. Um, but if, if she never tells people that she's a coach, then they're never going to know that she's a coach. She could just be a, blog, a blogger. Um, and I've said to her, add these little words, these three little words into your blog posts, and let's see what happens. Uh, let's see what, what starts coming to you in terms of requests for coaching. So just a small little tweak every now and then can really, really help. Um, I, I love that we've sort of come back right back around to the beginning of the podcast where we were talking about okay. like setting, setting intentions and yeah. how setting the intention. And I like, like that thinking that by putting it out there and by telling people that you are this thing and you, yes. you almost push out a yardstick and then you're almost forced to step into the, the gap that you've now created for yourself because yeah. people are going to be like, well, you said you're a coach. Can you coach me? And now, exactly. now the opportunity sits in front of you and exactly. you just have to reach up and take it. You know it. what they say about entrepreneurs? Entrepreneurs jump out the airplane first and then they figure out how to work out the parachute on the way down. <laughs> yeah. A lot of them will hit the ground, <laughs> but, but that, that's the essence of it, isn't it? If you don't start, you don't put yourself in that position to start, you won't. So it was like I was having a conversation with someone and I said to them once, yeah, I'd love to be a speaker one day. And she said to me, she said, well, why don't you? And it was like a flick switch in my mind. I was like, yeah, why don't I? Yeah. And I created a talk. And it was a big lesson for me in that I could have sat for three years going, oh, I'd love to be a speaker. But at the end of the day, you just got to take action and do and figure it out as you go. I had an interesting conversation with Rich Maholland uh, a few years ago where I was like, I want to be a speaker. And he was like, Rad, um, what topics are you going to talk on? And I was like, uh, didn't think that far, uh, yeah, I didn't think about that. He was like, well, dude, just think about a topic, yeah. make a presentation. Yeah. And then the exactly. next step is just to find a stage, however small, and stick yeah. your stuff on it and you can start speaking. And you do start small because every time you speak, you just don't know who's going to be in that audience. I mean, I've, I've spoken for Cindy Norcott before. Uh, Cindy puts on events in Durban. And one talk with her has led to us putting a CD together. Because someone in the audience, who was a record producer, he just loved our message. And he offered to do a CD for us for free. And you just never know when you put yourself out there. You never know who's watching and, and where it could lead to. Have we now uh, reached that point in the podcast where you're going to sell us the CD? You can go to www. No. <laughs> no, no, we don't even know what we. And again, we just did it. Yeah. So it's literally two days away from from being released. We're actually having a breakfast next week where we we're giving it out. The idea is to give it out when we speak or to sell it when we speak. Okay. So we're not going mainstream commercial. It's our first venture into doing this, you know. But it's just a classic example for me of if you put yourself out there and you say yes to opportunities you'll be so amazed at what comes. Yeah, I think that is the, 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 the scary thing. And people don't put themselves out there. And I think sometimes it's not because of fear of failure. Comfort it's zones. almost like 100%. fear of success. Because you stretch yeah. yourself. It hurts. It's not yeah. easy. But every now and again, you look back and you realize you've come a hugely long way and are a completely different person to the one that you, you started yeah. that journey. But it all starts with making a decision to, to grow reading books, listening to podcasts, just growing your mind. It's, it's amazing. So, I mean, how, what are the, I mean, just, just to close out nicely, mm. what are some things you're listening to reading that people can kind of pick up and, and um, get inspired with? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've only really just started getting into podcasts. Um, I, I've, I like Tony Robbins. I, that's a bucket list for me. 
it's about 800 pounds for the cheapest tickets <laughs> to go and see him. But, you know, I'd really love to go and see a Tony Robbins um, conference or expo. Um, I, listen, I listen a lot to Gary Vaynerchuk. I just like his brashness. Uh, he talks a lot of sense and he kind of gives you that raw-raw energy just to get up and go. In terms of books, uh, one book that I'm telling people about is uh, Deepak Chopra's Soul of Leadership. I really, really like that book. Um, I've done, uh, I've read the Simon Sinek books. I want to get his second book, Find Your Why. I've done Start With Why. Um, so, that, you know, there's a long list, but I just, I just consume so much. I, I really, that's the one thing I like about speaking and coaching is you have to keep consuming uh, books and, and, and content because and, you've got you develop it yourself as well. So I love that side of it. And for someone who was an accountant, you know, I never would have thought that I would have had this creative side. But I really love the, the content creation side of, of speaking. And it, it comes from reading. It really does. Isn't it also that powerful thing when you, you force yourself to create content, your eyes almost open to the content that's around you and yeah. you become a sponge and not just a sponge. You, yeah. You're almost extracting information in order to reformulate it through your own yes. filters and then put it back out there in a new yeah, and, and when way. you look at it like that there's learning in absolutely everything that we do and you can take any situation and create a learning a learning piece or a little bit of content for it so i do enjoy that so. well thank you very much grant i think that Pleasure, was a man. very enjoyable episode um, if people want to kind of catch up a little bit more on what you're doing, where can they go and have a look? Yeah, I've got a website, grantgavin.com. Okay, so, so if you want to see more of Grant, go to grantgavin.com. And thank you so much. Pleasure. I, I really appreciate your strategic and thoughtful <laughs> path that you've drawn through your life. Cool, and, no, and thanks very, very much. very successful. I've enjoyed the chat. Thanks a lot. Cool, guys. Thank you very much. Um, you've listened to another episode of radio. Um, I used to say that we release an episode every two weeks, but... Um, Maybe I'll take Grant's advice and say that we're going to release the next one in two weeks. So. And you've got to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to tell people this is a bi-weekly podcast and then it will become one. Um, so, so radio is a production of the Entrepreneurs Organization in South Africa. I'm Ross Drakes and the other host, Rich Mulholland, couldn't be here with us today. Um, special thanks to our sponsors um, of the, the EO South Africa is 10XE, Bidvest, ExecCare and LabourNet. Um, and you can catch up with everything on entrepreneursorganization.org. Thank you very much and goodbye.